0: Listening to On the Road with Mike and Yogi, Australia's number one weekly podcast, made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Here to bring an independent voice to truckies right round Australia. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer.
1: Welcome to show 130. We've got a bit going on as usual. Andy joins us again with a music interview. He's got Laura Frank. We've also got a little bit from the ABC talking about what happened at Scott's and I've got a little bit to say about that. Bob McMillan joins us for something to talk about. I catch up with Bruce Skelton on the rest area steering committee. Glenn Stirl's in as well. Let's have a bit of a chat with him. Tim Beaver from Tim Beaver's 4x4s is going to give us a couple of words as well. Some words of wisdom. And Rob Free maybe with a funny story. yeah, of course, with the news. It's all happening. Let's get this show on the road. Let's
2: get this show on the road.
3: Yes, get over that.
2: G'day, hey, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening
4: <laughs> to
0: the on-the-road G'day, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's Andy here once again to introduce you to another rising star on the Aussie music scene. This week, hailing from the beautiful scenic rim in Queensland, our featured music artist joining us for a chat is Laura Frank. Her edgy blend of country rock earned her the People's Choice Award for Most Promising Future Star at the 2023 Tamworth Country Music Festival. And to follow it up, she's just unveiled her ripping new single, Days Gone By. Now check this out. Laura was previously a choreographer, owned a mixed martial arts strength and conditioning centre and a Brisbane cafe. She's a producer for Indelibility Arts, which provides employment for people with disabilities is involved with Music, Magic and Outback Tracks, a couple of programs run by Chocolate Starfish lead singer Adam Thompson, providing songwriting opportunities to rural Indigenous communities. And she's even built her own tiny home using recycled materials. I was exhausted after just reading her bio. So let's take a few moments to get to know the extraordinarily talented human dynamo that is Laura Frank. Good morning, Laura. Thank you for joining us on the road.
5: Hey, Andy. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Mate, I've got to ask first up this particular question. Yes? Now, bear with me for a moment. You've run a mixed (laughs) martial arts centre. You've had your own cafe in Brisbane. You've performed in the Australian productions of the musicals Grease and Hairspray. You've worked to provide employment for people with disabilities as well as songwriting opportunities for people in rural indigenous communities. I'll take a breath now. You <laughs> write, record and perform your own music and you've built a tiny home from recycled materials. Yes. <laughs> now, most people, if they lived to be 150, still wouldn't achieve half of that. So the obvious question, what do you do in your spare time?
5: <laughs> spare time? Andy, What spare time? <laughs> uh. Yes, I have done all of those things and I know it does sound quite ridiculous but hey, I like to be busy.
0: <laughs> it sounds wonderful. A bit of variety through life is a good thing.
5: Absolutely, I agree. I never like to be bored.
0: No, well, you wouldn't get time by the sounds of it. No, <laughs> no. Laura, the People's Choice Award at Tamworth for most promising future star, that's pretty cool, congratulations.
5: Thank you so much, it was such a whirlwind. It was my first award nomination yeah. and my first win, so it was pretty crazy.
0: Absolutely. Speaking of the festival, how was it for you personally? What were the highlights for you? What did you enjoy at the festival?
5: The community and the culture that you get to be immersed in when you're at Tamworth yeah. is just one of the best things you can experience as a punter or as a musician. It's just an incredible thing that you need to do at least once in your life, I think.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so next year you're planning for your first Golden Guitar Awards?
5: Well, I'm hoping. I've got it on my little vision board that there might be a golden guitar. So it's definitely on the list.
0: I like that, a vision board, good thing.
5: Yeah, keeps me on track.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Mm. Now your fabulous new single just released and I was just listening to it again now, I love it. Thank you. Days gone by, we're gonna play it shortly, but this clearly, it isn't a vanilla pop song written to a formula like so many are now. Mm. There's obviously quite a heartfelt story behind it.
5: Thank you, I really appreciate that feedback. I'm lucky enough to co-write with my partner in life and in music and business. And we are definitely trying to kind of break the mould a little and experiment with the way that we write Mm. and definitely make things both personal for us but also relatable for the general public Mm. because my music, I feel, is more than just about me and my story and I definitely want to be able to help inspire, motivate, I don't know, just help people who are listening feel something, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what's the story behind it? Where did it come from?
5: So the story behind this particular song is my previous single, which was called The Road, which had a fair amount of success, was written in a time well, during COVID, where most musicians were writing lots of music. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) it was a period of time in my life where I was feeling pretty lost and just to be unsure as to the path that I had taken to that point and whether I had made the right decisions. Mm. So this new single, Days Gone By, is kind of a follow-up to that song and kind of me going, no, hang on a minute. I am on the right path and I'm on my own journey and I don't need to compare myself to everybody else. Yeah. The other point is to not regret your past or your failures or, you know, think that you've made the wrong decisions up until this point and instead celebrate them and post to them and say thank you for them because they've gotten you to where you are now. So that's kind of the story.
0: You were saying that you co-write with your partner. I guess you'd probably do a lot of things with your partner living in a tiny house. Yes, (laughs) yes. Hard to get away.
5: Full disclosure, it turned out to not actually be a tiny house because... It grew? (laughs) Yeah. The original plan was to build a tiny house and then we were designing it. Yeah. And I was like, I just do not think we can fit everything in that
4: Yeah, yeah.
5: So it's about 100 square metres, which isn't huge. It's modest.
0: Comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Now, with all the excitement of the Tamworth Country Music Festival behind us for this year, what have you got planned for the rest of the year?
5: Well, there's definitely lots more releases happening this year. Mm -hmm. We have a bunch of tracks up our sleeves and I just got a mix back of one this morning and I was listening to it and thinking, yes, this is awesome. I wish I could just release them all now, but I cannot do that. (laughs) And there's a whole host of live shows. We've got some pretty exciting festival spots and some special guest spots. One with Daryl Braithwaite coming up in March, which is exciting. Brilliant. Yeah, so just more live music, more song releases. We travel a lot, so we'll be on the road a whole bunch, like many of your listeners, I'm sure. Yeah. So it's going to be a busy year, I think.
0: It certainly sounds that way. So that they can keep up to speed with you, where should our listeners go online to find out more about you and your music and any tours
5: and things like that? Yeah, well, there's a couple of places. My website is laurafrank.com.au and that has pretty much my entire backstory and all of the links to all of the places. Mm. But if you don't want to go through and read all that, you can find me on social media, which is just Laura Frank Music, and that's Facebook, Instagram and uh, TikTok and YouTube as well.
0: All the usual suspects.
5: All the usual, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Guys, our special guest this week has been the delightful Laura Frank. Laura, really appreciate you sparing some of your precious time to come and play on the road with us.
5: Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Before we go, would you please introduce your new single for us?
5: I would love to. I'm Laura Frank and this is my brand new single, Days Gone By.
0: There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page.
1: I've been having a bit of a chat with people about what's going on with this rest area steering committee and I didn't get a Guernsey and that's fine because at least I can talk about it now and I can ask buddy questions. So I think get I'd... Give Glenn Stirl a ring, the chairman, and we'd have a bit of a chat because there's been a little bit said and there's some stuff I'd like to iron out and you might as well just get it from the horse's mouth. Senator Glenn Stirl, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? Oh, my top of the world. Thanks for having me, mate, and congrats to you and Craig and Yogi
6: for your initiative, mate, and get up and run. Let's hope the... Uh trucking families get behind you mate and make uh, this a
1: success look we'll be working working our way through it mate we want to get back and do the old rig radio thing and get a bit of talk back going and great. Great education and stuff it's going to be a lot of fun last saturday night we did our live show on uh, on the road radio and we were having a bit of a chat about the rest area steering committee and uh, craig wasn't brave enough to say to you mate <laughs> they <laughs> I thought, oh, the
6: crap out of him, aren't they? <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Oh, you yeah. scared. It takes a bit to scare him, but you managed. Um, anyway, the short story of it is, is we were talking about the funding and how the funding works. And mm-hmm. all the naysayers have, seen, have been saying, oh, yeah, here we go. This will be just an excuse for him not to spend any money. Now, I tried to point out that there are always rules and procedures that you have to go through to get access to government money. Yep. And sometimes... We on the outside are looking in and we see things can happen terribly, terribly quickly sometimes. And my point was that that's because these people know how to navigate the system and know what boxes they've got to tick and what hoops they've got to jump through. That doesn't mean they don't jump through any. They just know how to do it efficiently. And the difference between us is that we don't know how to do it efficiently sometimes. And that's why things seem to get bogged down. Is that a fair enough assessment? Yes, spot on, Mike. I can't bulldust you, mate. no. That's exactly how it can work. Yeah, so so what we've got the situation now, my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, you on the committee can't say to the council we want to do something in this particular rest area. The application's got to come from the ground up. Is that correct? You are spot on, mate. It's got to come from state governments or local governments. Right. So the money's there. It's in the pot. Mm-hmm. The rest area committee uh, steering committee is going to be looking at these things to see what projects have some merit, I expect. But the initial application and the interest has got to come from the people in the regions where they want the improvement made.
6: Yes, because there is, um, as part of this uh, bucket of money, they have to fund portions of it as well.
1: Obviously, people are going to say, well, you know, this is not what we thought it was going to be. And there's a fair bit about a lot of things that happen that are not what you want them to be. They're not ideal. My Hmm. case here has always been, that if the other side were batting at the moment, we wouldn't be even having the committee.
6: No, that's correct.
1: Right, so... i going uh, on? I've always, I've always said that. <laughs> so the encouragement would be, and I think you'd agree, is that where drivers see that these things need to happen, they need to mention it to their local councillors, they need to mention it to their local members, and those people then need to be encouraged to forward that through to the committee so it can be acted upon, obviously... In negotiation to get that co-funding arrangement happening, can't put it any clearer myself, Mike. Look, I had nothing, I would love nothing better if
6: it was the Glenn Stell show, yeah. and then I sat there with a carton of Great Northern stubbies yep. on a Saturday night yep. at a roadhouse, and we all had a few and said, "Right, where do we put these bloody things?" Yeah, couldn't we, we can't. We've yeah. got a. That's the rules we, we're dealt with, but there is nothing, and I encourage truckies. To get out and trucking families to lobby hard yep. with state governments, Mike, you and the NRFA and uh, your member, your um, um, board members, have access to ministers and shadow ministers, both state and federal. Go hard, yeah, go well, absolutely hard.
1: I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be having a bit of a chat to a couple of the state people uh, later on this week and in and down the Good. track and let them know what's going on. And look, Duty. Yep. I think it's important that we talk to both sides because this is something Absolutely. we've got to get some bipartisanship happening. Rest areas and what's happening on the road is the responsibility of everyone, not just one party or the other or one group or the other. We've got to get behind it and worry about the chain of responsibility for what goes on.
6: I'll go one step further, Mike. Uh, road safety should never be politicised. I agree. Unfortunately, it gets so, that way, but it should never. Doesn't matter who's in government, who's in opposition, we should all be working, not only to make the road safe for our trucking trucking families, Mm. but for other road users, of course. Goes without saying. So it would be nice to get bipartisanship, but I'm proud to say that at least, you know, we talked it up. We're doing it. Truckies Mm. are at the table. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, the members of the committee have, for whether anyone likes it or not or agrees or disagrees, doesn't matter. We had to do it. Mm-hmm. They've had to sign confidentiality agreements. Yep. And, and Michael, will go this far and, and it would be nice to sit there with uh, whoever you know on the committee and say, what about this one and what about that one? Yeah. The truth of the matter is they can't. They can't have a conflict of interest because the committee members will be the ones sitting with me uh, with the score sheet to determine what stacks up and what doesn't.
1: I would have liked to have been on the committee, but I look at the people that are there, and I can't say with a straight face I'm any better qualified than any of them. They're all well-qualified people. No, and, no, yes. And to be perfectly honest, mate, since I wrecked my shoulder driving up and down to Canberra, it wouldn't excite me a lot. No.
6: <laughs> That's fair. Mate, I'd love to have you on the committee, but I don't think Canberra's big enough for you and me. That's oh, a joke. Oh, look, it's a joke.
1: Stand there, there you go. What I ought to do, mate, is I ought to come down, and I ought to stand there in the centre and say, listen up, you bastards. Uh, but, <laughs> that's
6: when I know when it's time to be that's when it's time for me to go back truck driving.
1: you got tell, me tell you what it's almost time for me to go back no I'm going to have to pull out of that little charity deal in April too we'll have to reschedule it for later in All the right. year
6: Look, we will, mate. And because I'm, I'm holding you to it like you're holding me to it, mm. and we'll, uh, it'll all come around to you. I've got some work to do the Fitzroy because I can get the Fitzroy. Yeah. But the Kananara one, mate, love you to have that. I'd love to have you on that with me. I've got yeah. a truck for you. Have you? So, yeah, What's yeah, I've got a truck for you. Old TK no, no, Bedford or something. No, you know? no, no. It's, it's a good little UD I found, single axle, mate. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I got, I, got, I got a truck for you, mate. You'll no,
1: be right. Look, uh, as soon as I. Soon as I get myself sorted out, mate, and I'm allowed to go back and drive, I'll yep. uh, I'll be over there like a rat up a drainpipe. You watch.
6: Yeah, well, we'll knock that over later in the year, yeah. bearing on your or bearing your uh, your yeah. availability. I'm not going to let you down, mate. No, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Be right now, before I let
1: you go, mm-hmm. big news in uh, in uh, trucking this week. Scott's refrigerated, mm. yeah. mate. Uh, Let's just
6: hope that uh, a reputable company steps up or someone steps up. Mm. I'd be surprised with all that equipment, mate, that, the, you know, there'll be, the, the doors, the gates will be getting knocked over to, to, to cherry pick it. Mm. But in, more importantly, Mike, there's 1,500 families behind that company and they're not all truck drivers. I know that, mate. Um, I think we just have to wait and see what exactly, what debts they've left. Mm. Let's hope they've been paying their superannuation as they've been going as well, mate. People forget about that. Yep. You know, they do forget about that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know enough. I'm not close to it, Mike. But um, well, this
1: is big news, and it's happening. And I just thought maybe it's huge. huge. You know, we've got to look at what's going on and why it does all come down to the rates and the way people are being paid. You can't. You just can't deny it.
6: It's well, just, it's the only way, mate. You, you don't go broke if you if, if you're getting paid right. Yeah. Oh, well, hang on you should never go broke if you're being paid right yeah yeah uh you and i both know that we know that some parts of the trucking industry are making some good money at the moment so they should yeah um but we also know the costs are through the roof they're higher than they've ever been but it just alarms me how how a major company can just go guts up like that and i know they say driver shortages and i don't know if that's the case everyone's got driver shortages for god's yeah. loud, Mike.
1: Yeah,
6: but, but you know if you're pricing your freight right it's a damn good start isn't it mm, it is
1: all right back to the steering committee mate when's your next meeting
6: uh now i do know mate it is march now i'm going to shoot blind here there's a bit been going on in my area in the last week but i think we made it march the 24th don't I? We talk it mate? Mid friday
1: mid-march and what's Mid-March. on, what's on yeah. the agenda then mate are we going to have some some things coming out of that
6: We've got these set of guidelines that will be finalised. Mm-hmm. Of course, I can't speak uh, before the committee meets because I, I, you know, we've all got to sit there. The final guide we, we worked extensively, mate. We've been a day and a half into it, and, yeah. and the guys and girls work their backsides off. But there's a set of clear guidelines. And just so your listeners know, mate, as I said earlier, I learnt a lot too. I didn't realise it was so damn hard how you had to do it. But this is this is the hand we've been dealt. This is how we've got to work. But the committee are very specific on what is a rest area yep. and what can we put into a rest area. So we're not just saying here's a plot of dirt, let's just run a dozer over it and good luck. Yep. You know, uh, fit for purpose in 2023 and all sorts of things. They are coming back to us in bureaucrat-speak mm-hmm. um, uh, uh Transferred into sensible speak that we all understand, where the committee will be able to uh, agree, disagree, see if we've missed anything, put it all back on, then we can get the guidelines out. What we're saying, hopefully, the end of March, so everyone knows what the guidelines are, so the states and the uh, state governments and the local governments can then start applying. And uh, I'm encouraging Mike, as many truck drivers as possible, get in and have your say just because the government or the the uh, local government might not think it's a, a good idea. That's why we've got truck drivers on because the truck drivers will know where we want, where we want, what we want, yeah. if I can put it that way, mate.
1: No, no, we've got, to, we've got to get it done. We've got to work through the process and obviously uh, we'll, we've got to make sure that people understand that that uh, the movement's got to come from the bottom up. It can't come from the top down and that's, that's just right. the way it works. I wanted to that's get that exactly clear right. with you. Mate, Yeah, yep. we've got a minute All or so left if you want to – have you got anything else you want to bring up? What's happening? What's important in Western Australia at the moment?
6: Oh look, business as usual. But I was uh, I was on a, looking at a Facebook um, a Facebook page the other day, and it's a very reputable Facebook. It's it's Mike Greens from Kilbre Towing, mate. Right. And uh, this was last week. Heather and Heather Jones and myself are having a read, and I haven't I haven't spoke to Mike yet. Mm. I'm just formulating how I can get up there and have a look and catch up with him. Twenty six. Uh, trailers at the end of quads have fallen over in the last thirty days between South Headland and Oski. Twenty six in thirty days. Wow! And uh, for some reason, this part of the country, a lot of people think, well, that's just part of business. I don't wow. know whose planet of whose part of the world you think that's part of normal business. Trailers falling over. You know the road, Mike. I do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I saw. I wrote to the the minister and I, the state minister, and I had exchange of. Uh, letters, um, and uh, she tells me what a great job they're doing up there. Well, we know the state government's spending a lot of money on roads. We know that. Mm-hmm. But um, she did try and lead me to believe that a heck of a lot had been done to improve the road between south of Headland. Well, if you get on Mike's uh, Pilbara Towing's face page, Mike Green, you'll see the uh, bottle of Coke standing beside the road. Yeah. And the bitumen drop-off is the size of a bottle of Coca-Cola. And, Mike, you know this better than me, 200-odd ton, 60 yep. metres down the back. Your quad go your, your fourth trailer goes off. You tell me, mate.
1: Is that well, a I, can, I can tell you now, it's a, it's a heart in your mouth experience. <laughs> mm, I've seen the footages, but I haven't done it yet, mate. I
6: well, I don't um, think
1: people understand that when you one of the rules up there when you're driving those quads is to be over to the far as far to the left hand side of the road as you possibly can be. And unfortunately, mm. when you when you're doing that, you've got two quads coming towards each other. If someone manages to just get a little bit over. Overcooked or dragged off before you know yeah. what's going on. The, you know, a foot of movement at the front is several feet at the back, and yeah. uh, it, uh, it can get untidy really quickly. Uh, once they start whipping around with 40 tons of ore in them, it gets untidy yep. really quickly, you
6: know. And there's nothing you well, can do. No, no, well, mate, my experience with three is bad enough. think yeah, yeah, yeah. they can be eye oh, opener, mate. You know, you know how it happens, mate. I do, yeah. You can be coming around a bend. it could be nighttime, you've dropped your spotties, and all of a sudden, there's you know. Four legged bit of roadkill in the middle of the road, and oh Jesus, it frightens the crap out of you. Yeah, I couldn't, and that's with three, you know, but I couldn't imagine with the fourth one a 40 ton. Yeah,
1: well, I've, I've had the experience. as well I was lucky with Campbell's, mate. We had all that, that infrared gear on there, and we could see the cows when they were walking around, and and then mm. we were pretty lucky, but uh. It can be a bit of a lottery when you dip the lights in the dark.
6: Yeah, so here we are. It's February, and mm. it's not the touristy season. And you know yourself, my mm. tourists I don't know what it is. Once they get past Wubin, they think they have to turn into an overnight uh, trucky. And, and you know, <laughs> you've seen it out there, I and have, I've seen it. I I have, know, have, who I in have. their right mind wants to drive pulling their caravan ten o'clock at night south of uh, between Newman and Headland? and they just keep doing it. And if we'd had twenty six rollovers in thirty days. Mm.
1: Uh, in June, July, or August, hmm. I find that I find that an incredible number, you know. And I got no got no hmm. reason to doubt that it's true. They wouldn't be telling porkies; it'd be happening. So,
6: no, well, you know, Mike's you know Mike's gear, mate. He's yeah, yeah. he's very well known yeah, up that part of the right. world, and yep. he's he's a reputable uh, towing. He runs a good business, mate, and uh, he's been going on about this for years. Yeah, Come and rescue! So,
1: he came and rescued a a, a big Matt I blew a bloody diff up in coming out of one of the mines there one day. <laughs> come and rescued it, so. <laughs> Uh,
6: uh, is that the old story that if you can't stuff a Mac, no one could, so they're going to get your chest no, driver no. in a Mac factory?
1: Is that oh, weird? no, mate, I managed it. But, no, but mm. mind you, she'd had over a million kilometres on her, so she <laughs> 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 got a fair go out of her. Mate, thanks very much for coming on and having a bit of a comment and a bit of a laugh, etc. All the best with the steering committee, and obviously anything that you'd like to get out there, I'm more than happy to share, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up for a beer when you're over this way at some stage.
6: Mike, look, I appreciate that. And, look, I, I really just want to put the plug in for those that, that did make the committee. There's another 30 people that applied that could have been on that committee, yeah, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they're doing a fantastic job. But it does irk me when I get the odd bonehead mm. who wants to make some stupid comment about, you know, sack of more and the money we save, we can get a road done. I mean, just stupidity. Oh, but yeah. the good people, the good people in the trucking industry know that you've got your mates out there who are doing their best, mate, and we'll deliver. And, Mike, always appreciate the opportunity, of mate.
1: You better deliver because I've got a box
6: of beer bet on it. <laughs> box? Hey, is this the right time I can tell you my bet between you, me, and Yogi? I... <laughs> save that.
1: We've, we've we've discussed that. I told Yogi that you'd bet him a pallet. He just Look, laughed.
6: No, no. No, no. The bet's a pallet, mate. He pays a pallet. So I'm not pushy-footing around with one carton. All right. It's all right? right. <laughs> <laughs> Love your work. Love your work, mate.
1: Thanks, Glenn. Take care, bud.
6: Hi, well, Michael. all the best. I'll tune in Saturday night from Canberra. See you, mate. Indeed.
1: Kermy here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen
2: to On the Road podcast every week. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime,
1: take care of you. Well, the big news this week has been what's happened with Scots. Let's have a listen to what the ABC had to say about it.
3: One of Australia's largest transport companies has gone under, which could create a worrying gap in the supply of refrigerated food to supermarkets. The trucking industry is facing an uncertain future with unpredictable fuel costs, an ageing workforce and razor thin margins. Angus Randall reports.
7: Scott's refrigerated logistics trucks cover 500,000 kilometres a day. That's more than 30 laps of Australia, and they carry a lot of essential products. But ever-tightening margins and high fuel prices have pushed the company to the financial brink. It's now in administration. Scott Langdon is from receiver Cordamentha. The
8: 1,500 employees are getting paid on time, and uh, we are now immediately commencing a sale process to to find a new owner for the business. Uh, We're continuing with the business as usual.
7: Scott's is Australia's largest refrigerated transport company. It's a supplier to all the major supermarkets, so there are concerns its collapse could lead to shortages on the shelves. In a statement, a spokesperson for Coles says it's taking steps to minimise the impact to customers. We're aware of the challenges being faced by one of our transport providers and we are working hard to provide support and minimise the impact this might have on our customers and product suppliers. So will shoppers, already beset by cost of living increases, feel any short-term pain? Steve Shearer is the Executive Officer of the South Australian Road Transport Association.
9: The one thing you can rely on is that the customers, particularly big corporate customers, will instantly go and do whatever they need to do to get their stock delivered. So, unashamedly, they'll go work with another transport operator if they can't sort it out with Scots, and they'll pay whatever they need to pay initially to get the stock into their stores. But they will... In the process, endeavour to get any new transport operator to sign up to the same sort of brutal contracts.
7: Steve Shearer says the market is becoming unsustainable for the truck companies. If costs go up, that's cutting right into their margins. The customer
9: base and, again, the large corporates in particular, have had such power and control for years they just set rates effectively and set terms and conditions. and if you don't like it, bugger off, or'll find some fool who will sign the contract.
7: Transport Workers' Union National Secretary Michael Kane paints a similar picture. He says the industry is in crisis. The transport
6: market is broken. There's been 10 years of inaction from the previous federal government that said we're just going to leave this industry to the market. And the problem with that is that you've got companies that are teetering. This is a massive company that's in real danger at the moment, um, Scots, so of not being able to find its way through this.
7: The union says it will spend the next few days focused on finding a buyer for Scots and providing certainty for drivers who may find themselves without a job under new ownership. It's calling for major reform, taking power away from the transport industry's biggest customers.
6: Well, what we need to do is um, get to the top of the supply chain. We've got Aldi, who is one of Scott's beneficiaries here. Aldi with an 8.4% profit. It's doubled out of the other retailers. Uh, and, of course, that type of profit, how much of it um, is because of the squeeze that's put on the companies that Aldi uses to cart their freight, like Scott's. Now, we've got to make sure that that untrammeled power is dealt with. And what we need is the federal government to intervene here.
7: Aldi and Woolworths have been contacted for comment, received Eva says it has already had interest in potential buyers of Scott's refrigerated logistics.
3: That's Angus Randall there.
1: OK, well, we've heard what Angus Randall from the ABC has had to say there and uh, heard, obviously, from uh, Steve Shearer and Michael Kane. Now, they're both spot on. Uh, find it very easy to agree with what they've said. Certainly, Steve Shearer is correct when he says that Coles and uh, all the others will do whatever they need to do and pay whatever they need to pay to get the stuff on the shelves there for their customers. And they'll do that now because they've got no choice. They'll work with whoever they want to. They'll do a deal with the devil to get whatever they want on the shelves. And as Steve rightfully says as well, whichever transport companies they choose to work with now... They will inevitably try and force them into the same profitless arrangements that uh, the likes of AHG Scots went into that sent them broke. Make no mistake, Scots is another coots. It's another big firm, investment brokers come in, know nothing about trucks. They try and run the business. Oh, they know about business. They know how to run a business into the ground. Have a look at the age of the fleet of Scots, the age of the trailers. I mean, I saw a trailer several weeks ago with wilson's branding on it still for god's sake that is a 2000 model trailer 2001 model trailer somewhere around there they've used the same business model that is always used use everything up to the very very end old trucks old day cabs do whatever deals you can i've got no doubt that inside of scott's there were guys in there uh, with their own little empires and building things and you know going along and not caring no one taking any responsibility They didn't have a one-driver, one-truck policy. They didn't look after their drivers. Had a chat with a couple of drivers at work there. Some guys happy, some guys not happy. Some guys had a good deal, some guys didn't. They relied on agency drivers out of Sydney, agency drivers that didn't care what happened. They drove the trucks backwards and forwards, did their changeovers, jump out with their lunchbox and go home. No skin in the game. Therefore, the maintenance is not being done. Drivers will put up with a crap truck for a trip because they know that they've got to put up with it for one trip down to Tarkata and back. They get out, it's someone else's problem, not their problem. This is what happens. The trucks break down. Guys break things. No one cares. That's what happens. They say that the transport industry is facing an uncertain future. We've got rising costs and ageing workforce, razor thin margins. It's all doom and gloom. I'm here to tell you it's been like this ever since I've been involved in trucks. You go and have a look at any old issue of Truck and Life magazine. Yogi and I did it the other day. We pulled one out of the mid-90s and we really could have, the bloody thing could have been printed last week. It's ridiculous. To say that this stuff happens in a bubble isn't true. We look at what's going on. We look at what we're seeing. We look at the results that we see out on the road. All this has happened before. We don't learn from our mistakes. Scott's is just the latest example of it. The drivers, well, they'll go off and find other things to do. The companies will find other people to cart their freight. Someone will go and cherry pick it all. I Look, I honestly, I feel sorry for the 1,500 people that are working there. I really do. It must be a terrible time for them to find out that the company that they've been working for, and many people have invested a lot of time with them. My only hope is that they paid the super contributions. As I said with Glenn Stirl when we were talking earlier, or as Glenn said. Let's hope all the contributions and all the entitlements and everything have been covered. But i can't tell you what, you can bet your ass they're not. You can also bet your ass that the people with the money in this thing at the back, they will get out with their money. There'll be people that don't though, and it'll be the little blokes, as usual, that don't get out with their money. I hope someone comes along and buys Scots. Ron Finnamore, mate, get your checkbook out, go and buy it. I mean, uh, I'd certainly buy it if I had the money to buy it. Because I think I could run it better, pissed than it's been run. What do you reckon? Let me know what you think. I'm done with Scotts Yogi. I'll talk about it in the news, no doubt. But you know, fact is, there's supplies to all the majors, like they said. You know, between four and eight percent profit. One percent of that profit would have been enough to pay the drivers properly, look after things. Another one percent would have been enough to uh, make sure that their companies were looked after and they were able to revolve their fleets and get everything right, but it's a capitalist country, right? We expect, the shareholders expect the corporations to make money. That's what they expect, and they really don't care who gets ground up along the way. I know that's a a little bit of a socialist view, a little bit of a left-wing view there from me. I like to see the guys that are actually doing the work getting a fair go, right? I really do, and it doesn't happen. We do need some reform of transport in this country. We we really bloody do, and that's where Michael Caine and I agree. And I'll stand shoulder to shoulder with him on that one.
3: Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you doing, just smile and
4: tell them, never better.
0: We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, "Gday, how are you?" No, I mean, how are you? really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian Road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Oh,
3: am I the only one who says I'm fine? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, hey, I'm fine. But I'm not. So let the truth
4: be told.
0: Here on the road, it's time for the news.
2: Welcome to the news for another week of On the Road Podcast.
1: How are you, but where are you? What's going on? Ah, <laughs> where where am I? Viewers, listeners, good
2: people of On the Road Podcast, where am I? I am at a place called Varley in Western Australia, in the southern part of the wheat belt mm. in Western Australia.
1: I've been there, mate. There's bugger all there. There's a buddy tower there, isn't there? Yeah, there's a tower,
2: and there's a big weeping, big silo. Big, big silo, silo that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah,
2: and and a lot of long-term family farmers out here in Valley. Yep. So yeah, they they love it out here, and they
1: know the good years, the bad years, the mediocre years, and the,
2: and the really good years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what are you doing at Valley? Why are you there?
2: Uh, I am being an owner-operator with no clue. Today is <laughs> no what I'm being. Clue. So. Uh, <laughs> I might turn left, I might turn right, right eh? but I'm probably going to go home. I've got a couple of jobs swinging and it's just that time of year where there's a lot of freight in a lot of different places, Yeah. but I can't get out of tomorrow's job and yesterday's job was a bit of a didn't happen job, Yep. So which sort of buggers me up for the end of the week. So I'm sort of thinking, to be honest with you, bud, I'm going to have a bit of an early knockoff, but... In saying that, I don't want to work Saturday because <laughs> right,
1: eh? I've been away for
2: three or so weeks. I don't want to work.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you come all the way over here and uh, played around over here for a while. I'm sure Amanda will be happy to have you home.
2: Well, see, ironically, that's the thing. When he listens to this, that I won't be home on the weekend, but I will be home in my own bed because uh, – we good friend of ours. We had uh, a we had a little chat about him the other day on the radio. Yeah. Uh he he's finishing off level in his house and therefore we're moving into his house this weekend. Oh, so okay. I'll be home and I want to be home Saturday, Sunday and help him move is my plan. So righto. have truck, we'll move. That's uh, right. You know, like, and all points in between. Yeah. Have son, can Lift. Uh, yeah. Jack will be helping. Okay. And in fact, we'll all be there. We'll, they're good good mates and good people and we'll just move them in on Saturday, Sunday. We do have a long weekend this weekend and uh, also my daughter's birthday this weekend. So happy all birthday, right. Lucy. Happy birthday. Yeah, indeed. She's 14 and itching to get on the radio. So mm-hmm. we've got to do a little thing with
1: her. <laughs> oh, dear, oh dear. <laughs> uh, she was hanging it on us the other day. So I suppose. We yeah, can't. I know. Because I was
2: running a bit late and she uh, she picked the phone up when I was yeah. unloading and reloading yep, the truck. Yep, and, uh, yep, yep. Yeah, she's good. She's good. She's itching for an on the road radio spot. Boy. Because that is the kids and that is the social media. She's it itching for it. She's been is. at me. She she hasn't heard her ad on the radio yet. She's been Did waiting you?
1: for that. So
2: no, she's keen. I'll
1: have to I'll have to get in there and queue it up for her.
2: We might have to do a couple more ads today, maybe. You might have to. <laughs> We're like,
1: oh, I'm early and we'll have an early knockoff. Have an early knockoff. <laughs> right oh, so let's get on with the news, shall we? First off, we've got the drone story, mate. What's the story with the drones? The drone story. I've seen a little article
2: printed in the West Australian uh, magazine about main roads have been given uh, their drone pilot. So they've done in-house training. They've been approved for 650 approved flights for in-house drone um, piloting, I suppose you call it. What, 650 flights? Flights, yeah. So flights across Western Australia with different... Uh, the flights are for uh, uh, one per day. They'll be able to fly around, and have a look, because I guess you need all this type of clearance right. for drones yep. and stuff like that. So they're 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 trying to use the technology before we get all tinfoil hat and think they're going to be in the bush looking for people overloading and overcarding <laughs> and oversizing and overdoing over anything over <laughs> no, the road. So the idea <laughs> of the drones.
1: Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Well, oh, I'm just Cynical laugh, mate. What what can I say? Cynical laugh. They wouldn't do they you wouldn't laugh, use right? technology to crazy. spy so on they...
2: truckies. God, really, would they? Well well back right to right. the story. No. But the drones the drones are for yeah, for um deployed during uh, enforcement activities oh, roadblocks yeah, and monitor yeah, traffic yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah, monitor traffic yeah, yeah. movements and maybe <laughs> maybe some kind of uh, <laughs> some kind of flooding equipment, you know, if there's floods yeah, yeah, and bits yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. pieces and, and the maintenance of traffic and all this. But yeah, yeah they've got three hundred so thirty pilots wow. trained up, big brothers in the sky and WA.
1: Yeah, uh, monitoring and traffic enforcement uh Enforcement thing, so they'd be looking with the like, just be like on the UHF. Hey, they come coming back there. You know what's going on. You know the know the are back there. Mate. Yeah, yeah, no way around, mate. It's all good. And they'll have the little drone up there. Go, oh, look at that. Look at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't use what, it for what that.
2: Was it, what, what would? <laughs> right. Correct. Hey? Maybe you know what was what was that remember the, the, the pie in the sky what do you used to call one the one in, like in the air there's a bear in the air yeah, oh, sure. yeah, there's a convoy. bear in the air there's a bear in the air oh yeah convoy yeah come on well convoy well there you go they're finally caught up I mean that
1: movie come out in the yeah, 70s
2: something like it? that so 70s Main Roads are finally caught up and put it into the bear in
1: the air unbelievable All right, next story Panel's logging in uh, Mount Gambia have commissioned the latest thing in trucking in Australia, mate. How would you go with this? 720 horsepower, 2,500 Newton meters of torque in a big Kenworth with a bonnet on it, mate. How would you go? Oh,
2: uh, well, so how, that, that, that opens up uh, a whole range of questions.
1: All right. So how, how do
2: you, how, well, how do you judge a horsepower truck that's electric?
1: So you've let the cat out of the bag now. You're supposed to get all excited, and I was going to say yeah, Now I'm going to tell you it's an electric truck air gun.
2: Did you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, Mike. How do we get 720 horsepower out of a bonneted truck?
1: It's easy. You slap a bloody dana electric motor in it, and a couple of dirty great big Janus batteries on it, and you let it oh. loose in the bush. That's what you do. it. it? So it's an electric. That's that's electrifying. It is electrifying. That there'll
2: be puns will be forever. All prints will have yeah, pun yep. after pun after pun for electric boogaloo. Four hundred
1: kilometres of range apparently at sixty-eight and a half ton. Yeah, they built a little charging station there at Fennell Logging in Mount Gambia. Yep. Uh, the batteries sort of sit there and charge up while the truck's off doing its job and then they come back and change the batteries over and it just goes round and round. Do you want to know what the best part about it is?
8: Uh,
2: Go. It's quiet. Oh, it's quiet. Yeah, well, I mean, if a tree falls, hey, thought for the day, if a tree falls in the bush, do you hear it?
1: (laughs) No one hears it, does it still fall? No one
2: hears it, does it it make it? So if a logging truck's electric, fired and quiet in the bush, does anyone hear it?
1: Well, Well, no one hears it. I, uh, I had a bit of a chat with, with Lex ages ago, episode 41, I interviewed Lex, mm-hmm, and we had a bit mm-hmm. of a chat, and I, I said to him I, I was going to go around and visit him at the truck show, because this was before the Brisbane truck show.
2: Yeah, I brought one to Brisbane.
1: Yep. And I said that uh, I was going to go and visit him, and I was going to bring around the uh, the sound effect of a, an Air Start Mac, and I was, going to oh, pl- yeah. I was going to play that and see how he went with it. And uh, he had a bit of a laugh, and he said, "You know what?" He said, "They were only—they were the only truck manufacturer that allowed to let their truck idle <laughs> in the building."
2: The oh. electric <laughs> you truck,
1: yeah, yeah, oh. yeah no. that kind uh, of makes sense, doesn't it? You oh, know? <laughs> anyway, long story short, have a bit of a look at what happened in Mount Gambier. This B-double is going to be running. That is, I think, as far as I'm aware, the fourth or the fifth truck they've actually got out working operationally now. They've got yeah. a Western Star running around uh, carting a cement tanker. There's a six, I think it's six oh something or other running around towing a, a cement tanker as well. There's a day cab Coronado towing a fridge van. And yeah. now there's this thing towing a log truck. And I think that there's another Western Star somewhere as well. I'm not sure, don't quote me. But it's at least so- four and they're out there working on the road doing real work in a real world environment. You've got to take your hat off to Janice, mate.
2: But oh, you do, yeah, yeah. So it's it's all electric. There's no hybrids here.
1: No, all electric. Yeah. Swap yep. the batteries out. It's like changing the it's like changing the uh, like changing the battery in an eighteen volt drill. You know.
2: Yeah. Click them. Click them in. Click them out.
1: They just click into the side. They're all nicely polished. They all look like just you know like a like a square fuel tank. The only thing, the only way you can pick it is it doesn't make a noise and it's got no no pipes. Yeah. So yeah. To be super
2: quiet. So the kangaroos will never hear you come.
1: (laughs) I trust you to think of something like that. All right, next. I suppose we would be remiss if we didn't talk for a moment because I've I've already talked about about Scots and them going off the rails and a few other things. Everyone seems as though they're very surprised that Scots have gone off the rails. Mate, what do you reckon about it?
2: Probably a little bit cutthroat, that refrigerated Mm. market business so it's a very interesting world that they did go broke it sort of does make you wonder how a multinational company can fold but on the other hand i'm not surprised
1: yeah well what happens when investment bankers and that take over that don't know anything about trucks isn't it
2: yeah and look we've seen it we've seen it and you would have seen it yeah in the cycle and we're and i've been listening to a lot of podcasts yeah. out of america at the moment and they're talking the cycle of trucking. so so, obviously, this is might be the cycle that might go that way. You know, we yep. we did hear, you know, at the National Road Freighters yep. Conference yep. that there was a small uh, refrigerator company parked up. He parked the trucks up. Whether there's a big flow on down through the cold store chain, I don't know. Everybody yep. has a fridge. Everybody's got stuff in the fridge. So everybody needs cold store supply chain it'll be very interesting to see where the cycle goes and that's right what, what I do know what I do know about the cost of a refrigerated motor and the cost of a refrigerated trailer is they're not cheap so
1: well four hundred and fifty trucks a night mate that's uh, that's about what it is and and it's a lot of that's a lot of freight was well, that their movement four hundred and fifty yeah. trucks a night four hundred and fifty a night apparently yeah. I was just wildly amused to see uh, Warren Clark. Uh, from uh, Nat Road sort of making excuses. He's saying, you know, from from uh, 1st of April to August in 2022, 2,000 yep. heavy vehicle operators, road transport operators, had to negotiate payment arrangement for the ATO because of the fuel tax budget issue. Well, that doesn't surprise me. No one expected that. But everyone no. was in the same boat there. But the thing that amazes me was that all of the uh, various leaders of our, uh, our groups were a little bit, unable or unwilling to call the fact that when we went back and we got the fuel tax credit back, we are actually five cents a litre worse off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know,
2: mean, oh, uh, we we just paid out $15,000 yesterday and, and yeah. our accountant told us, you mm. must keep that money.
1: Yeah, that's and, right. And we
2: did but the day it comes out of your bank is the day it still hurts. Like,
1: Yeah, that's right. Well then Warren starts carrying on about how COVID-19 ruined things and there's been long-standing driver and diesel mechanic shortages and all this added, I've, I've often said, you know, small companies that treat their drivers well aren't looking for drivers. They're not suffering from driver shortages. The issue is paying conditions, always has been. Warren, always can't, will understand be. Warren always can't understand will. that. Warren can't understand that. And of right. course, then we've got the, uh, you know, so we need the National Transport Minister to freeze road user and registration charge as well. It'd be nice if the government did all that. There's no doubt about it. We need to take a little bit of a look at the budget. He's blaming everything that could possibly have happened as reasons for the the Scots failure when, without putting too fine a point on it, if Scots were charging their customers what they should have been charging them to do the job and then making sure they were doing it properly and then turning their gear over in an appropriate time frame, they would still be trading.
2: Yeah, sometimes whether one or a thousand trucks, you've got to have a basic business model and that model would be... Simplistic at
1: heart, one truck mm. must be able to be sustaining going down the road. Yeah, well, I've had a gut full of Scots. Let's go and move on to something else, mate. What do you got? We had a little interesting, uh, little interesting, article come out of
2: Melbourne this week about a truck driver that beat the or me- well, the mechanics, the mechanics or the police. He was incepted, yep. and he beat the uh, beat the police he on did. an issue.
1: Reckoned that uh, he didn't have a defect and took some photos of it. And uh, where are we? Bike named Biddle, 57 years old he was. Is, uh, yep,
2: yep. Driving a Sterling Tipper in Melbourne. Carts, by the looks of it, does a mm-hmm. bit of pull. Carts pulls, move pulls, sort of, you know, a bit of moving, you know, bits and pieces. So in and out of tight places and the truck would be idling and working and driving and sitting in traffic, no doubt. If you you know so so that that in itself is kind of hard on the gear like uh, any any local truck that stop start stop start yep. stop start is very hard on the gear but he's uh he's challenged the um he has challenged the 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 fine
1: ended up getting the uh, the body cam footage from uh, from the cops it cost him about twelve to fifteen thousand dollars in lost uh, in lost earnings uh, from not in not doing his job yep. which I mean as we've said before, the process seems to become the punishment sometimes. He just questioned their ability because yep. they're not mechanics. And if you don't agree with what they say, they pull you over. They're just going to continue to add it to the list. He said they're not qualified to do the job. So here was originally pulled up because his load wasn't covered, apparently.
2: Yeah, which is an, a very open-ended mm. infringement mm. for Inception. You know, could could there have been a bit of rock come off the drawbar? Could there have been dirt coming out of tailgate? Could there have been a numerous things? Or could there have been you know, debris in the truck that wasn't covered. There's there's numerous things that that could have been.
1: Oh, they reckon there was dust coming off the truck and, and all that sort of stuff. And anyway, they end up underneath the truck and caused him a bit of grief. It's not hard to understand sometimes how blokes think they're not getting a fair go, is it? Yep. Anyway, yep. brings yep. us back to uh, old mate Glenn Stirl's inquiry in 2021 where he was saying we need to have an independent body to report our grievances to. Think of it, thing of it yep. is, though, that doesn't give yep. you time back and it certainly doesn't give you back your lost earnings. You can cry about it all you like, but it doesn't solve the problem, does it? And we
2: did we hear a story coming out of Northern Rivers about the same oh, yeah. sort of thing yeah, yeah, there yeah, yeah. this yeah, yeah, yeah. week? Yeah, the same sort of thing that, that a driver got yep. accepted believed to be hauled over the coals for a major yeah, infringement. Yeah, well, I had a
1: guy ring me up. One of our listeners rang us up, and he was explaining yep. to me what goes on. Now, he does overnight express this guy, right? And yep. he works for a reputable company. I'm not going to name him or the company. Uh, you know who you are anyway. G'day, mate. our way up. And uh, he said to me that uh, he'd filled his book out. He's driving through Colongalook, and he sees the copper park on the left-hand side under the light there where he parks. No problem. Drives past. Yeah, no problem. He drives past, you know. Car comes out, angry lights come on, he pulls over, copper walks around and has a bit of a look at things, license, logbook, all that sort of stuff. He goes back and sits in the car and he comes back without the logbook. And the and, and old mate's thinking, you know, oh God, what have I done wrong? You know, What have I missed? And uh, this young copper starts telling him about all these uh, major breaches that he wants to talk to him about. So he goes. they go back to the car and they're having a look and he's, he's saying, oh, you've worked over five and a quarter hours there and you've worked over five and a quarter hours there and you've worked over five and a quarter hours there. The short story of it is he loses 28 minutes on the side of the road. The guy's got BFM. He's allowed to drive for six.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, we, we just don't. We, I know, I know. And then for, for yeah. the record, clean company, clean yeah. trucks, long-term yeah. company. We know who it are, We know who it is. So, so yeah, so there. Whereas we don't see that in yep. Western Australia. So this is where the whole you understand east mm. to the west. The police in Western Australia are fantastic to deal with because they do the yep. policing role. Yep. They do the job. You know, they understand what the role is. They understand their job at heart, at task, yep. and they do their job.
1: Well, if you steam in the Kalunga Look doing ninety or a dollar, you expect the angry lights to come on. You know, but right but on, you don't you expect go. it for nothing, and you don't expect to lose twenty eight minutes of your day. Now, to add on to that, what this means is that he's lost 28 minutes of his day. It's not a rest break. Yeah, put that down as a half-hour rest break. I've had that cool like I got pulled over half an hour, and then I said, no, mate, I'm
2: up on me yeah. 12 hours. And he's like, well, it's not a half-hour rest break. Well, like, yeah, I can't I'm, go anywhere. Like, I can't go down to Gundagoy to, to have i a, a I'm staying thing. here. Because they, they thought that, that was full on. They thought I was carting marijuana in the nose cone yeah. of a tour liner. I remember that very
1: well, that one. <laughs> yeah. No, look, mate, I mean, you just can't make it up, can you? So, no, and that one you can't look
2: because what well, they found, because I was Western Australian and they found uh, some sandwich bags in the bunk and, uh, and they reckon that they could smell some bags in the bunk. So they reckon I. Yeah, they did. because I I actually make my lunch, and sometimes I put little nuts and fruit and nut oh, yeah, in a little yeah, container yeah, in the truck, so yeah. you can eat them. Because you, you know when you open a packet, they go a bit stale, and maybe you put some biscuits right. in
1: there and rice. They go all stuff. over the place as yeah, well. Yeah, do all yeah. that, you know.
2: Yeah. yeah. So they they uh, and they thought I was carrying marijuana in the nose. They're gonna. They made me undo mm-hmm. the trailer, open up the nose cone as best we can, and, and same deal. So they held me up there for probably nearly mm-hmm. an hour, and I'm like, well. I'm over yeah. on me 12. Like, and they're like, well, for a rest break, too and bad. If you,
1: if you read the stories. What are
2: you going to do eh? me for being, yeah, breach, are going to breach me for local fines <laughs> now, are you? Because I'm over yeah. on me 12. Like, I was, to, I was going to go the yeah, for then, dinner. and
1: of course, you, you've just got to suck that up. You know, you've just got to suck it up. That's right. And that's one of the reasons why guys get savage. So all I can say to you is the, the, True. the, the end of it was that there was a, a young highway patrol copper who was obviously being taught by an older one who wasn't closely supervising what was going on? Christ knows he was probably playing Candy Crush on his phone while he was waiting or something, you know. And and you uh, know, you know, the young fella's gone off on a tangent, completely convinced he's right, like they do. And uh, according to me, according to old mate that rang me up, he said the look on his face when he realised the mistake that he'd made was priceless. He said, that doesn't give me back me half an hour. And it doesn't put me where I need to be up the road for me break. And it doesn't put me in at the other end when I expect to be there. That's what it comes down to. Not getting a fair go.
2: And how far do you go? I never want to get people offside on the the side of the road. And and like I said, we're very – we're not lucky in Western Australia. We're smart in Western Australia because the police are smart about what they do. Main roads do their job. No, 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 you're wrong.
1: You're wrong. It's not the it's not the police oh, oh. who were smart about what they do in Western Australia. It was the people who framed the laws and decided who was going to enforce them. They were the people who were smart.
2: Yeah. So the police are smart if you're if you're speeding through town, you're going right. to get knocked off. If your if your truck is erratic driving, yep, you're yep. going to get knocked off. If you're doing dumb stuff on the road,
1: the police That's will right. knock you off That's in right. Western no Australia, doubt. no doubt. No doubt. So so don't do anything dumb. Next story. Speaking of dumb things, the the next story. This is as dumb as it gets. The next story. Right? This is as dumb Uh, as it gets. Are we eh? talking a major artillery route in Melbourne? Can you speak English? Is this where we... Do you speak English, do you? Is this... Major arterial route. Arterial. You said Major, major Artillery. Well, artillery.
2: Oh, artillery. Artillery.
1: Oh, <laughs> no, I'm
2: thinking Artillery. Right,
1: sorry, good God. listeners. That's well God. pulled up there. So major yeah. Artillery no, in Melbourne. Artillery. You've seen the video. Right. If you've seen the video, you'll know what we're talking about. If you haven't seen the video, go looking for it. It's an incredible piece of vision. Go. Go, yo. Yeah.
2: yeah, I know. i oh, mate, just literally minding his day sitting not in the right lane, which is yeah. good to see. Very encouraging in there. I know there's a right lane ban on some of those roads in Melbourne, which I can't believe that's still a thing, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it is, is a still thing, a yeah. thing. And he was doing his perfectly second from the inside, which is where I reckon should be a, a dedicated truck lane, but that's a old new yep. news flash. We should have that lane dedicated yep. to trucks only second that's from the, the inside. Uh, and then doing his thing and uh, unfortunately come unstuck. And now his life will never be the same. There's word on the street that he's not doing mm. too well out of that. And, uh, and rightfully so, when you're doing 80, 90, he down the freeway and then you get flipped over on a B-double and, and
1: it's all over from literally being in the wrong At the place. wrong time. But what well, flipped him over? This well, is the thing. You've got this car, comes up the left-hand side, obviously impatient, forcing his way through, tailgating, taking all the stupid risks that we've driving. seen. He goes a bit of right-hand down, slots in behind this bus. There's been a conversation about whether he tagged the bus or not. Maybe he did, maybe he yep. didn't. But you're looking out over the bonnet yep. of this, uh, what was it, a 909 or a 900 or something? It was a, a big, yeah, I think nine, it was a 909 or yep. a 90, you know, 908 or something yep. like that, a big Kenworth bonnet anyway. And uh, this car hits the hits him in the left-hand steer, spins him round, and the next thing you know, you can see the cab starting to tip, and then he smacks into the side of the bus and pushes the bus off the road. yeah. I don't know what happened to the car, but at the end of the day, here's this bloke driving down the road, minding his own business, and it's all gone pear-shaped for him in a matter of moments. He's a passenger. Uh, True through, yep. through stupidity. Absolute
2: ma- matter yep. of moments. True yep. stupidity.
1: Yep. And we see it every day, don't we? People weaving in and out. They're impatient. Get, I've seen them go down the breakdown lane, mate. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. The M7 around Sydney yeah. is a racetrack. It's 100 kilometres an hour. Any lane's acceptable. Any lane's acceptable. Any lane on the road acceptable. Track? So going around the M7, you've got a breakdown lane on the left-hand side for the most part. You've got cheese cutters and a few wider parts on the right-hand side, but it's two lanes, hundred kilometres an hour speed limit. Now, yeah, it doesn't matter if the speed limit drops back to eighty because they don't help themselves. The, the people that run the M7, they'll, you know, they'll they'll knock the speed limit down to forty for five kilometres an hour for some fella picking up a plastic bottle. You know, it's ridiculous. But yeah. People get frustrated. We've all got places to go. And as I've said before, mate, people's personality change. They get behind the wheel. All of a sudden, it becomes a race. And yeah. Don't they don't understand, understand it. it. And, of course, for some reason or other, we forget the fact that we're just bags of water and we're very easy to kill. And they do stupid things. Yep. amazes me. The ones that brake check trucks, they're the ones that, the ones that amaze me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I'd never understand oh. that. You're two-tonne yeah. and wet. And you're playing with something that a minimum is 20 empty. As to what in in your head is that sustainable, feasible, manageable. Uh, Can report the car involved in that. Um, Just got the front end damage. Did not flip. Didn't do anything. So it looks like that car driver probably will walk away. So the one person that created so much drama and chaos will probably walk away. And I know that truck driver... And, you, and think about that bus yeah. driver, too. Like, he's going down the road, he's looking in his mirrors, probably looking yeah. to the left, and then to realise that there's a Kenworth badge that just hit him right yeah. in the bum. If you actually yeah. see the video, he's just hit that. So if there's people on that bus, you know, you can only but imagine the trauma that they're going through. You don't expect when you're looking to the left to be hit no. from behind by a truck, and that's exactly what's happened, and it's uh, it's just a terrible, terrible thing to happen to our well, industry. That- so. Impatient yeah, car yeah, well, drive.
1: dangerous driving. Yeah. There you go.
2: Dangerous driving, right?
1: Oh no, that's that, mate. That's the news. I've well, got nothing we're... else. I haven't got any beep 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 breaking news for you this week, buddy. Well, I have got a bit of breaking news, but
2: beep 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 I can't do the beep-beep, But I ripped, ripped one of my good shirts today. I'm bloody good. ripped one of your good mattes. shirts. Yeah, you know how you sort of go to work and I'm not going to get too dirty. Though so I will put on a good yeah. work shirt. Yeah, well, it's ripped.
1: I look, I look like <laughs> a hobo now. I look. Like Breaking news: Yogi's wrecked a shirt. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. That's it. I look like a hobo.
2: If anyone sees me for the rest of the day, I'm going to look like a hobo, rich shirt. shirt. I don't like it. I don't like. My image is a good image, and I like to portray Oh my yeah, image. I know. <laughs> no more. No news.
1: more news. Thought for the day.
2: No more news. Uh, tuck shirtty. Shirtty.
1: you idiot so you've done no you've done no <laughs> research again is that right is that what you're telling me
2: <laughs> no i had a thought for the day i did have a really good did thought you? for the day yeah and i thought about it and i forgot it <laughs> uh, someone said something really job. interesting to me the other one day one job what. that's hey? great that is great that, well, i thought someone said something really interesting to me the other day and i thought that yeah. is great I must what? remember that for one the job. news. Thought
1: for the day.
2: Tuck your shirt in. in. That's about all I've got.
1: I'll give you an inspirational thought for me the up. day. Then, soon as our you can, you can't sort of do one job, Yogi. One job. <laughs> one, job. <laughs> one job. Winning yeah. doesn't right always on. mean being first. How's that?
2: Ooh. Right, eh? Okay. Yeah. That's oh, deep. Right, that winning doesn't always. It's deep. That, that is pretty deep. That is what deep deep you very expect
1: deep. from me, mm-hmm. isn't it? Uh, yep. right, cover. Saturday yep. session. Yep. Saturday Tomorrow session. Tomorrow night, seven o'clock, live on the road radio. The Saturday session. Yogi, Craig, and myself will be having a beer in the shed talking about the cares of the week. Be there or be square. We all know that I've been catching up with all the uh, people that are on the rest area steering committee with Senator Glenn Stirl. Caught up with Bruce Skelton, mate. How are you going out there? Good, yourself? I'm not too bad, mate. So the two questions that I've been asking everyone is why did you put your hand up and what do you hope to achieve?
10: Well, the reason I put my hand up for is, isn't it's a worthy course, rest areas, as we all know, they're few and far between and the conditions on leave a lot to be desired and if you don't put your hand up, you can't make a difference. And just hope to achieve like better rest areas, better facilities. Like I was reading on Big Rigs today that Transport New South Wales has taken toilet paper out of set rest areas because they get vandalised and stolen. We all know that goes on. We've all used the rest areas and seen the condition of them. And hope to get a few, you know, the rest areas updated. And, yeah, if you're not, if you're not on the committee, you can't put your hand up and have your say, can you? No,
1: that's right.
10: Uh, that's the main reason I
1: joined. It's pretty straightforward. So, what do you do with yourself these days, mate? At the moment, I'm on
10: local. I sort of do a uh, trip down to, from Brisbane to and then it's back six times a week at the moment.
1: That's local work. Yeah. Uh, Brisbane.
10: Oh, it's all local, yeah. I'm home again every day to sleep on my own bed for a change.
1: Yeah, nice little country drive.
10: Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: all right, Bruce, thanks for uh, giving us a couple of minutes, mate. You drive safely out there. We'll see you on the road.
10: Yeah, no, mate. Talk to you. Bye bye. Okay.
11: and me Milo's cereal jumped over me head, straight out of the bowl. What the hell made that noise? Now I'm sitting outside a freight forward waiting to go into load. But directly across the road, there's another transport yard, different company. There is a prime mover slowly rolling away from the front of a trailer. Suddenly it stops, starts reversing back again. Bang, again. By well, this stage, I'm out of the truck, vest on and I'm marching across the road to the yard. Mate, I cannot watch you do that. I don't know what's wrong, he says. He gets out of the truck, I, I don't understand. The boss said, just back up to the trailer and it'll go click and connect. This must be some kind of magic. Several things here. Firstly, you can get an HC license without knowing how to use a turntable. You can get an HC license with a truck and dog, so you may only have you ever used a ring feeder. This fella has clearly never used a turntable in Kingpin. What's scarier is the company has employed him Knowing that he has no experience because he's asked what to do and the boss has said just back up to the trailer You'll hear a click and it'll be connected Now he's lucky that the bottom of the pin caught the top of the turntable Because if it hadn't he would have just backed the prime mover straight into the front of the trailer Explain that one to the boss. Then again the boss kind of deserves it So I've shown him the gap between the skid plate and the turntable and said mate That's the problem now roll forward a couple of feet, make sure you're still under the trailer and put the brakes on and I'll show you what's going on. So he does that, so I wind the legs down so the skid plate's on the turntable, wind the legs slightly off the ground, I say to him now, get back in the truck and back up, slowly. And he backs up, click, all good. I then show him legs up, I show him how to plug in his electrics and air and basically explain how this system works. I also tell him, as I do, to get a torch and to check visually the jaws make sure the jaws are closed make sure the it's a Holland hitch so there's a pin on the front that should lock back into place and no he wasn't that nationality or that one so I get back in my truck and I get on the phone to a mate of mine and I say you will not believe what I have just witnessed and I told him the story and he said oh Rob you've done it all wrong you've gone about this the whole wrong way what you're supposed to do Is video him and then put it on Facebook so everyone can laugh and that is the problem with the industry how are we any better if we will not give a helping hand to someone starting out he's in a bad situation he doesn't know what he's doing he shouldn't be in that situation but let's put a helping hand out to try and help make his working day safe and everyone else's day safe as well because if he'd have got it out of the yard the trailer would have come off and potentially killed
12: somebody All right, folks, it's Tim Beaver here. Does anyone get the feeling that the wheels of the economy are falling off? Have you paid for a trolley of groceries lately? I think we're starting to see what happens when you print $1 trillion back by nothing. Inflation is soaring. I don't know if people realise it, but we've lost about 10 years' worth of wage rises in the last 18 months. 880,000 mortgages to the tune of about $380 billion will roll from 1.9% to 5% this year and probably beyond. That's almost a tripling. And as that flows through the economy, company earnings are going to be smashed and the CFOs will be looking for areas to cut and it's likely to be your job. And what do you think hard-up people are going to do? They're going to sell their assets, of course. Houses, boats, caravans and cars will be in big supply. If you're confident that your big 79 is going to hold its value like it did through the last 10 years, you might be wrong. Word on the street is that the car market is already tanking. Now, I can't give you financial advice, but I can get you thinking in the right frame. Number one, do a job that's needed and in high demand. When I was at school in the 1990s, the smart kids went to uni and the dumb kids became tradies, truck drivers and excavation crews. Well, who's dumb now? Those jobs are going to be needed in this downturn. But I'll tell you something else. Stop being a derivative. Stop doing things that can be manipulated and lower the burden on yourself. Look at how poor people live. Get rid of that massive mortgage. Now, poor people without mortgages don't own houses. They rent. But the even smarter ones don't fund the landlord's mortgage either. They find themselves a nice trailer somewhere warm. Philip Lowe can hike the rates all he wants, but if you're not in a liability that is a house, it won't matter to you. Poor people don't have good credit. Be like them. Don't have a credit card over a $3,000 limit, and that way you can't get yourself into trouble. Stop buying the garbage you don't need. Figure out ways to acquire the things you need at one-tenth the cost. Buying second-hand won't hurt you. Get a crappy old car that's easy to fix and work on. You could probably turn a new ute into the caravan in point one. Figure out how not to be affected by energy prices. Buy a wood heater, a chainsaw and a box trailer. You'll be toasty warm all winter and it won't cost you a jot. Get into fishing and hunting. It's recreation and food shopping at the same time. Cut out your grocery bills. And cut out all the rubbish in your life. All the streaming services and network services. Just find someone else's account to sponge off. and Or just don't watch it at all and do something useful with your time. The more you get out of the system, the better. You'll also be healthier and happier. Tell them to get stuffed. I suggest you act early and don't be afraid to move. The faster you respond to these changing economic times, the better. Think about it. I'm Tim Beaver, and I exercise every day.
5: Hello, I'm Laura Frank, and you're listening to On The Road Radio and Podcast.
8: Hi there, this is Bob McMillan. As much as it's been a scary couple of weeks for road transport in a number of ways, uh, I must confess to being confused uh, today. Um, It's come out in the media that the uh, Australia Institute says, quote, workers are not to blame for rising inflation in interest rates and the Reserve Bank of Australia should stop blaming people who are doing it tough and start addressing the economic reality. Profits are driving the cost of living and housing crises," said Matt Grundnoff, senior economist at the Australia Institute. blame workers for current inflation while they experience unprecedented real wage drops and companies post-surging profits is economic gaslighting of the highest order," end of quote. Well, the reason that's left me confused is that we've had a pretty scary couple of weeks in road transport. And these institutes seem to be only able to look to one look at one side of the coin because the, the scary bit started with the Grattan Institute wanting the advising the government to uh, drop our fuel tax rebates, just assuming that the industry would be able to absorb it and nothing else would go wrong with the economy if they did. And then we had the NTC uh, uh, being in, instructed by the, the transport ministers and infrastructure ministers of the country to. Uh, work out whether they should increase the uh, road user charges by 6 or 10%, with very short notice uh, for anyone to respond. But thankfully, uh, the ATA, Nat Road and the NRFA, at least to my knowledge, have responded and they've all uh, sought to have the, the road user charges frozen. Yeah, we just have to uh, be thankful for that. And um, yes, and then there's all sorts of other scary stuff going on And probably the most scary of all uh, at the moment is for the 1,500 people employed by Scots Refrigerated Logistics who have gone into receivership. Um, How can we be saying in one breath that companies are posting surging profits and then we've got a company like uh, Scots Refrigerated, the largest refrigerated um, distribution and transport company in in Australia, according to the media reports, um, falling over? Well, there's probably a lot of reasons for that, and uh, I'll leave it to the keyboard warriors and the people who know everything but know nothing to comment. It does seem a little bit strange that uh, they were bought out for $75 million in um, 2020, I think it was, by a, uh, a venture capital company called Anchorage Capital Partners. Yeah, June, sorry, June 2020 it was, uh, for $75 million. And it makes you wonder if some of these venture capital companies... Uh, Probably ought to uh, stick to working with uh, businesses they understand properly, like, as I said, who knows what happened at Scott's uh, You can only hope that the uh, receivers and the administrators can find the real reasons behind the uh, behind the collapse, and uh, some ethical and and proper solutions emerge to uh, Preserve the uh, one the the integrity of the employment of the people there and their their, and their entitlements, of course, and um, yeah, and see what happens from there. but it seems it's very confusing to me that we've got all these bodies wanting to uh, increase charges and, and think there's a bottomless pit of money in 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 road transport when, when all of us that are involved in it know that it's a high turnover low-margin industry, and um, thankfully, many I know many people who have done very nicely out of uh, road transport. I myself have been able to retire reasonably comfortably and have uh, no regrets and um, have more, much more to be grateful for than grizzle about, but uh, I do feel for the employees of uh, Scott's Refrigerated Logistics. Uh, it's an interesting company. It's, it's a conglomerate of four companies that were gathered together by... By Rand, when it was known as Rand, and uh, the four four companies are, are, are different in structure, and maybe that's that's where the the problem lies, because uh, you know you, you've got companies that specialise in produce, in meat, and in frozen goods, and um, trying to uh, uh, organise them all into one uh, into one under one umbrella. It's um, probably been a difficult uh, difficult procedure for them. But anyway. Um, the, uh, all the previous employees of Ansett Transport Industries in 2001 and many other companies that have gone under over the years have uh, all, all managed to survive somehow or other, so we can only wish those people well because to me it's the employees that count. Thank you for listening. We had a
0: chat earlier in the show with Queensland singer-songwriter Laura Frank and she talked about her previous single, The Road. Here it is, Laura Frank, on the road with The Road.
3: I've been walking for miles in the wrong direction Doing laps around the sun, wasting time I've been looking for the Can you
0: brought to you by nti australia's leading transport and logistics insurer play nice with each other and most of all stay safe out there bye for now bye bye the team here at on the road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors we support their right to hold and express those opinions